Hi, this is Max. And Scott. And Chris. And we are here at... We're at here my at... My soon-to-be brother-in-law's <laughs> bachelor party. Yeah. Max, you got one job. <laughs> which is being run by Chris, and he's doing an excellent job. Thanks, guys. And you're listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. Oh, yeah. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I am your moderator and I am joined this week by Esposo de la Pastora, Dan Marcello. Welcome back! Buenas y lluviosas tardes. Ah, I don't even know what that means this time. Good and rainy afternoon. Oh, The righteous book critic, Bill Calvin. Yes! I should say, I should say, Muffin Calvin. Muffin. And special guest, Beth Fleming. Thanks for coming here. Welcome, Beth. Yeah. Um, Bill, would you... Pray for us? Sure. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for the rain because we really do need it so badly. But I thank you for the joy of being around this table. And I pray that our tongues would be loose, but our minds would be engaged and that we'd follow the lead of your Holy Spirit. May it be a great time together. Amen. 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 That should be the podcast motto. Loose tongues, engaged minds. (laughs) I love it. I love it too. Dan, you're the new Scott. For the week. For the week. <laughs> I don't know if I can be an adequate fill-in. For you're the, the, you're the worship pastor. I am, after all. <laughs> all right, would you rather spend three weeks in a lifeboat with a person who talks incessantly about his or her medical problems <laughs> <laughs> or be somebody's pet cat? Ooh. Ooh. Sounds like that's more permanent. Not a problem. I'm a cat. <laughs> I'm a cat, too. I'm, I'm a pet cat. You a cat all, all the time? Your cat or only I don't for care. <laughs> if I have to be on that lifeboat, I'm drowning. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of there. There's sharks in there. Good, it'll go faster. <laughs> what about you, Megs? Uh, well, the nice thing about being a cat is you can do whatever you want, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's a cat. It's fine." I do hate cats, though. Uh, can you can you read the first half of the first question? I wanna... Spend three weeks in a lifeboat with a person who talks incessantly about his or her. Medical problems. I'll take the lifeboat. I agree with you. I, I would take the lifeboat. I don't, I don't want to spend my life as a cat. I got so many things mm. I want to do. After three okay. weeks, I want to be plopped back into my life. Yeah. And with a lot of medical knowledge that you've suddenly gained about very specific ailments. It's a very good perspective. That's a good one. But I got the impression that was a spoiled cat, and that is one nice life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sleep 20 hours a day, be in the sun, in the window. Oh, yeah, it's tough. I just wouldn't like the part about eating birds if... <laughs> That's true, but at least you have control over that. Yes. Unless your owner's, you know, feeding you birds. Ew. My sister, when she was in college, she, I think, she was in a bio, like a biology major kind of department thing, and there was a mice they were experimenting on, so she like stole one from the lab and Whoa. then became her pet because they didn't want to do any more experiments on it. Named it George. Uh, wow. Lived for a while. So she was trying to protect that mouse. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Did she succeed? Yeah, I think so. I lived for a while. Wow. I don't know how it was She's got a third eye now, but <laughs> my uh, my dad works with with mice. He's a pain researcher at the University of Washington, and so he works with rats. And my grandfather, his father, worked with mice, so it's like a family thing. Mm. So when are you gonna pick up the torch, carry it? But... Well, I mean, are you already? If I have working? to feed Beth and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my contribution to the Termin rat pile. All right. Uh, Bill, what you reading? This past week, I read a book by T.D. Jakes 
Mm. I oh. quit at page 25 because it was that bad. <laughs> Is it a more it's recent one? Crushing. Oh, no. Yeah, it's pretty new. Okay. Crushing. And the reason why I gave up on it, I love him as a speaker. Okay. I mean, when he preaches, I, I'm crying. It's just so powerful. Hmm. But as a writer, he took a magazine article and expanded it into a book. I mean, he, he's repeating himself in the first 25 pages. I thought, I can't take this for 225 more pages. Wow. So don't bother with crushing. And the other book don't bother with is Called Out by Paula Ferris. Oh, oh okay. I really liked Paula Ferris. She's the sports reporter from Channel 5 in years gone by, and now she moved out to New York City, and she was on Good Morning America and The View. And So the gist of this book is she was called out by God for being a workaholic. Hmm. She makes Pastor David look like a lazy bum. I mean, she <laughs> worked literally 112 hours a week, Whoa. multiple weeks in a row, what? no days off. And she had at least one child, if not two. And you think, what kind of mother were you? You know, you sure. you were home a few hours to sleep at best. And her body started breaking down and all these crazy things started happening and finally woke up that hey, maybe God's trying to get my attention. So I thought, yeah, this is going to be good. Here's somebody that's actually living it out, mm -hmm. stepping down from this workaholism. And mm -hmm. uh, that was like the last few pages of the book, and it, even that was kind of murky. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I, I pushed my way through to the end of the book thinking, oh, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better, and was just bitterly disappointed that wow. I wasted my time Good thing you didn't book. buy it, though, right? No, those are library books, baby. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> thank the Lord for the library. <laughs> Saves you a lot of money and a lot of yeah. frustration. Yeah. So what would you give those books like on a score? Yeah. Like F being the absolute worst and A being amazing. Yeah. Well, crushing it's an F because, I mean, when you quit at page 25, you failed. Paula Ferris is really no better. The only reason I stayed with her was I just liked her so much from Channel 5 sports reporting. Sure. So, yeah, they both got Fs. Are you two or you three, actually, are you familiar at all with, um, it's a documentary that's fairly recent. We talked about it very briefly on the show once. It's called American Gospel, The American Gospel. No. It's about, it's on Netflix. Um, it's really good. Uh, it's about prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like a, it's a very high production value documentary that really, really explicitly and clearly like lays out the gospel, which is was very surprising to me that it was on the front page of Netflix. Yeah. Um, cool. At one point, they say they they, they call into question whether or not T.D. Jakes is a is a prosperity gospel person, which I had never heard before. I've um, heard that. I, I have too. I liked what Brian Cluth had to say. He clarified what prosperity gospel is for me. That. What Brian Cluth, the man who spoke on generosity a month ago at our church, mm -hmm. was speaking of was generosity where you are trusting God for more in order that you may give more. Mm. Prosperity Gospel says, I am giving in order that I may gain more. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the end result is still, it's all about me. I, mm. I want this for me. Mm. That's a big difference between... Yeah. What Brian Cluth is teaching and what they're teaching. Yeah. It reminds me of, I think it was Erwin Lutzer who had a man in his congregation who like, just did the tithe constantly, became rich. And he said, you know, I think I, I'm too rich now to tithe. He said, 
you know how much money that is? <laughs> and Pastor Lutzer put his arm around and said, let's pray about this. <laughs> and he said, Lord, please reduce the income <laughs> so he can tithe again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get into Sermon Roundup. Yeah! Uh, sermon Roundup this week. Uh, brought to you by uh, The Church and the Racial Divide. Join Bruce and Shirley Menkfeld as they present videos, readings, and discussions concerning the church and the racial divide. The Bible says heaven will be filled with people from every nation, tribe, and language. So why do we have so many issues with race relations while on earth? Take this time to look at it through the lens of the gospel. and We will examine issues that can help the body of Christ better understand the problems that divide us and discover solutions to help us reunite. The Church and the Racial Divide. New adult education class starts Sunday, September 13th from 10 to 11 a.m. To learn more, visit bloomingdalechurch.org. Bruce works on his classes like 20 hours a week. That's going to be amazing. But I'll tell you who I really, really want to hear is Shirley. <laughs> Shirley's like a PhD in common sense. <laughs> so I, I love both of them. I think they're just both terrific, but I hope Shirley will speak up and say something. Sure. So for Sermon Roundup this week, uh, Pastor David continued our current series about eternity and specifically talking about heaven, uh, and we went into this classic question that is really kind of the cornerstone of a lot of the evangelism at this church. If you died today and went to heaven and God asked you, why should I let you in, uh, what would you say? Um, he very briefly discussed sort of the, the, the classic wrong answer, which is like, you know, I've done a lot of good stuff, I'm a good person, I like try my hardest. Um, to do good. Really quick, what is the right answer? Who goes first? I don't know. <laughs> Take it away, Dan. <laughs> I, would always, I guess what I always visualize myself standing before God, like, well, you really shouldn't let me in. I'd lived a, a sinful life, uh, but thankfully through the blood of Jesus, who uh, I asked to save me and to forgive me, that I ask you to humbly let me in mm-hmm. through, through the forgiveness he offers by his death on the cross. Mm. That is a perfect answer. Okay. Um, in my opinion, I don't know what Bill yeah. would give you out of five, but um, five. Oh, five no. out of five. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna be more flippant. I was gonna say, where's Jesus? <laughs> Can I speak to Jesus? Well, I'm counting on Jesus to be my advocate. Right, yeah, right. Amen. Jesus is there as the advocate. We're all set. Right. Know? Right. If he takes a bathroom break when it's my turn, <laughs> I'm stalling until he fill gets a buster. back. Yeah. <laughs> no bathrooms in heaven. You know, it reminds me of those situations you see on TV sometimes where there's like a bouncer, mm-hmm. someone's trying to get in, like a restaurant or somewhere, and there's this bouncer preventing people from getting in, and picture like Jesus coming up and be like, this guy's good. This <laughs> lady's good. With me. Let him in. Yeah. You know? They're with me. <laughs> He's with me. <laughs> you back in the line. <laughs> but then the other people kind of have to give an answer for themselves. Yeah. Like, so to why? follow that to the opposite side, is there, uh, are there people who would give that answer who believe sufficiently other things as well who wouldn't get in? Like, can you give that answer and still not get into heaven? It all depends on your life. Mm-hmm. What, what what was like the fruit of your life? I mean, someone could get to heaven and be like, "Yep, I, I got my answer. I got the cheat sheet. It's written on yes. my hand." But God sees the heart. Mm. He knows everything. You know, we have to give an account for everything we've done. Sure. And then everything's gonna be laid bare. There's no secrets. Yeah. And there, it's the proof is in the pudding. That's right. You you could lie to the judge, but the judge knows before <laughs> those words even come out of your mouth. This is a lie. Mm. I think the scariest piece of scripture is when they said to him, Lord, Lord, mm. Mm. Yeah. we did this in your name, we did that in your name. And he said, but I 
but I don't know you. Mm. Which goes to Jesus as the advocate, like at the right hand of yeah. of God the Father, and all of your sins get laid out, and then he says, like, you know, I, I take them upon myself, assuming you're willing to give them to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I was actually thinking about was that that girl that uh, that Joel dated, who you asked that question to. Oh, yeah, the Mormon girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gave a perfect answer. I am trusting in the atonement of Jesus Christ for my salvation and the forgiveness of my sins. I thought, full answer. So in the ensuing conversation, I said to her, and what church do you go to, Melissa? And then she just kind of straightens up and says, I go to the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints. Yeah, that's what I was kind of afraid of. <laughs> I didn't say that part out loud. I was like, okay. So that messed with my mind for a while, like, what is going on? But the Mormons, they really do have a lot of things they can say that are very mm-hmm. evangelical. Hmm. But then when you yeah. define terms, like they'll say, yes, I'm trusting in grace for my salvation. Okay, tell me about grace. Well, grace is... That's what you receive after you've done the best you can do. Hmm. So it's still a works-based salvation. Sure. Mm-hmm. In college, I was part of a campus Christian group, and a Mormon lady came and joined us, which was fine. We're happy but she, when that she joined and wanted to talk to her about the gospel. and She was saying, no, we believe the same thing. Of course, over the course of the semester, it really became evident that we didn't. But yeah. that's really how she tried to present it, of like, we are the same. Yeah. We believe the same stuff is the same doctrine, theology, everything. Hmm. No, no. One of the weird beliefs is that salvation was purchased in the Garden of Gethsemane. That when Jesus Hmm. prayed and great drops of blood were coming from his forehead, that's when God said, good. Okay. That's Hmm. it then that means God is an evil fiend because he put his son on the cross after mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. purchased salvation. What kind of God is this? Sure. Boy, I've got a big problem with that. Sure. Yeah, because if that had been the case, if it was taking care of in the garden, it's like, well, great. He, could, as- he could ascend at that point. Yes. Where do we as, an, as the alliance like draw the line? Like what is, I want to say like, what's like the, the foundation of, of, of salvation? Like, is there any human involvement at all? It seems like there wouldn't be. Like the only human involvement I can think of, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Repent and be baptized for the yeah. remission of your sins. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Jesus Christ did all the heavy work. <laughs> <laughs> he did everything. And our response is to repent, ask for forgiveness, be baptized, I mean, that's not a work salvation. That's that's simply a response to his work. Sure. Um, well, let's get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week this week is brought to you one more time by the IPSAC course. Mm, of course. Last chance, bozo. Learn about your personality, <laughs> strengths, skills, spiritual gifts, and passions all through the lens of the Holy Spirit. The IPSAC course is a guided discovery and coaching experience designed to help you understand the kingdom resources God placed in you that set you apart. The IPSAC course, Sundays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., September 20th through November 1st. For more information, email Daniel Riemenschneider or visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash IPSAC-course. Uh, Are you the, speaking to Bozo the Clown? These, of course, all written by Daniel Schneider. so I don't know who right. he's talking <laughs> uh, The topic of the week this week, uh, Beth and Bill just finished teaching a class 
uh, on learning to love God's word, I think was the, the exact title. Mm-hmm. And they're hoping to do another round at some point later in either the year or, or in the future. Um, can we? Can you tell me a little bit about like what inspired this class? I mean, you in your sermon brought up like why do some Christians just hate reading the Bible? Yeah. Um, but like, what has like why is this class necessary? We are living at a time where we have more ways mm. to get the Bible in our minds and our hearts than probably ever in the history of the whole universe. Mm. Um, so I started looking at that and I thought, wow, there's a lot here. And each having our piece, it was it just I think worked out well and we're good at discussing things and he's good at saying no. <laughs> <So> <laughs> which I love. Yeah, I mean, spiritual gift. Yeah. Honesty honest, honest, is and that's one thing I've lacked most of my life is mm. honest feedback. Sure. Um, and so it's, yeah, Bill it's just Kellen's very right, refreshing. Yeah. So it just kind of, that's the way it evolved. I sent him slides and kind of showing where I'm, where I'm going. And sure. I learned a lot. Yeah. So as the people who are sort of putting on the class, who are teaching the class, can you tell me a little bit of like, you know, what you learn, what you, you know, walk away with, like having grown as well, like learning from the process of teaching the class when it comes to okay. the topic of learning to love the word? My presentation was very low tech. Okay. So it was having the Bible in your lap and doing things like meditating upon it was the lesson from last Sunday. But Beth, I learned things because of Beth being there. Hmm. So she's exposing all of us to scripture music, all kinds of genres. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure there's some rap out there too, but I mean, we had everything. It was Irish. It was country. it It was everything imaginable. And she'd say, and, and so here's a snippet, and you'd listen to a few measures of that kind of scripture song. It was, it was fun. Hmm. I mean, it was fun for me to be exposed to all that. <laughs> yeah. And you say, well, you didn't know there was scripture music? Oh, yeah, I, I knew there was some, right. but I did not realize hmm. it was like Woodstock. You know, just everything <laughs> imaginable there. I, the, I learned through that, too, with like scripture memory. I, I need to get the Bible into me every, any way I can hmm. because I'm, as I admitted to the class, I'm probably special needs, so <laughs> I, I've got to do it visually. I, I've got to be tactile. I've got to hear okay. it. I've got to see it. Yeah. Cool. Talk about it. You have like um, every learning style imaginable. Yeah. And it kind of drives you to, to find more ways, which is like a huge benefit to people in the class who are mm-hmm. different learning styles as well. Exactly. Go yeah. on. And I did, I did come up with my new favorite group, Okay. and I bought two of their albums. They sing the Psalms. It's the Sons of Korah, okay. and it just is one of those things that I had it on all day yesterday. It, it was looping it, and it just makes my, it just fills me up, and makes makes me full. It was just makes mm. my heart race, and yeah. and just the words of God's word sung, which initially the psalms were written. Right. I don't know if they were written for song, but they they were sung. Right. The songs of ascent, and and just it fills me up. There's other genres that other people might connect to, but that was new for me. Sure. Scripture memory back in the '80s was kind of you could tell it was kind of forced, yeah. but it, it helped me. It helped me memorize. Do you know what translation they're singing? 
No, okay. I, <laughs> I mean, it's familiar though. Like it's recognizable yes. like what psalms they're singing yeah. and stuff like that. Lots of instrumental. I mean, very, sure. very professional too. Yeah. I just. So Beth also brought in movie clips. Mm. Okay. And the one that really, really blessed me was there's a series out now called The Chosen. So Jerry Jenkins, the one who wrote the Left Behind series, yeah. his son Dallas has been directing, producing, writing. He's the force behind this. Mm -hmm. And Vince DePaul at our church just loves it, just loves it. He says, Pastor Bill, I got this. I, I bought these. Take this home and watch it. So Nancy and I watched the first two episodes, and honestly, it just wasn't doing it for us. The mm -hmm. only thing we really liked was that Nicodemus and Vince DePaul look the same. That's, <laughs> but we, we can't really justify watching movies just to, just to see Vince DePaul. See Vince. You know, so. I hope he's listening. <laughs> so we, we just figured, okay, um, it's just not for us. And then Beth showed this clip where Jesus is preaching from Peter's boat before he's even called the disciples. This is early, early in his ministry. It's Luke chapter 5. And seeing the miracle where he says to Peter, push out a little farther and throw your nets on the other side. Which, mm. What do you think about it? This is like the most stupid thing you can possibly say. Man's been fishing all night. Mm -hmm. He's, Of course he's thrown his net on the other side. You know, this is like, <laughs> it's almost like you're kidding me, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Peter has real respect for Jesus. He throws a net on the other side. And then to see all these fish in the net and Peter and Andrew pulling for all they're worth and James and John and their father Zebedee jumping out of their boat and going over to Peter's net full of fish and pushing for all they're worth. And th this struggle goes on for at least a minute in the movie. Mm. It just keeps going and going. And the people on the shore are watching and tears are coming down this one lady's face and you, you realize this is the most awesome miracle. He's worked mm. his whole life and never had a catch like this. Yeah. And then that poignant moment where he goes to Jesus, drops on his knees and says, depart from me for I am a sinner. Mm -hmm. and, and Jesus essentially says, I, I know, but you don't know what I've done. And Jesus, <laughs> you can tell in his eyes, I know what you've done, <laughs> but, I, but follow me. Mm -hmm. And then he turns to Andrew and says, follow me. And then he looks at James and John and says, you too, James and John, come, come follow me. And it, it, it was just, uh, tears are running down my face as I'm watching this. I'm thinking, this is so awesome. So then we, then we, we just had to go home and watch the third episode, the fourth episode. So that, that was what Beth brought to the table. She just seemingly has watched all these things. <laughs> How do you do this? This is un unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I want to quiet down because I, I want to hear what Beth has to say. You're a human she just library. found so many cool resources. I like it that you always get emails from you about yeah. cool resources. I yeah. really appreciate that. You, uh, find, you find lots of good stuff. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I like to connect. That's one of my mm. gifts, connecting things. But to add to what Pastor Bill said, uh, Zebedee said, his son said to their dad, he said, he said, but what if we don't come home, what will we do? What will Ema say? Mm. And, and, he, and he looked at them and he said, you think that she's not going to understand that the, the person that we've been praying for all our lives mm. has called you? So it was, was like, we'll rejoice. It was yeah. just, yeah. yeah, it was it was remarkable. It was. Um, so when the class starts out, you guys 
give your sort of, uh, I think you call it like the your Bible love stories. Hmm. And I know, Bill, you've talked a little bit about the Bible in 90 days. Yes. And how important that was to you. And Beth, would you share just a, a little bit about your Bible love story? I remember as a kid going to adult Bible classes, and I liked them. I hmm. loved them, and I probably talked a lot. It didn't make a lot of sense, but it was the old King James Version. But okay. um, between between then and, and my rebirth, uh, it was there was a lot of stuff in there. But uh, I was going to church. I was really seeking after God in uh, probably a secondary way. And I had a friend who wanted to take a trip and and go to Israel on a study tour with Dr. Bilzekian. And I was I was like, ah, it wouldn't be my first choice to go to Israel. And mm. but then I looked and I thought, well, I've got a friend to go. I have the money to go, a miracle. Mm. I have the time to go, another miracle. So I went, and that probably was the thing that changed my life, to see, mm. to see where Jesus walked, that these places were real, to hear mm. some of the testimonies. of We had a Palestinian uh, tour guide mm. to hear his testimony, testimony. It was just, it did change my life, and I got back, and there was another trip the next year to follow the journeys of Paul, mm. and I thought, I'm going there. Mm -hmm. But I realized I don't know scripture I just mm. don't really, really know it. And if I'd taken the trip knowing it, I, it would have been a lot better. But mm. uh, so I took a class at Moody down in Wheaton at the, on the Book of Acts. And the, <laughs> I loved it so much the next day I signed up for another class. <laughs> and, and 14 years later, I got a degree. <laughs> so it was, like, it was like God had a plan somewhere and all that. But it just gave me a passion and just... Yeah set my heart on fire to understand. And mm. and I took credit courses because I wanted to know I was getting it. I didn't want to audit or mm. take a CEU. I really wanted to be tested and to, yeah. to know it. So a big part of the class, uh, especially the first week of the class, is sort of you walking through resources to help people get familiar with the Holy Land, right? Get familiar mm -hmm. with Jerusalem and the surrounding area. And, um, and you touched on it a little bit, and I, I love what it means to you of like, how does that context really help us love the Bible better? I think, I think it gives a visual for me, hmm. uh, a visual context, some cultural context to see the land, you know, that it's, it, it's mostly desert. It's, it's not, I think I always thought of it pasture lands. And, sure. But it's... Uh, I think the visual part of it is just really great. One of the guys that was on the trip was in a Bible study when he came back, and they got to talking about Peter, and he said, oh, I was at his house last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think now with COVID, and so I, not a lot of people have the money or the sure, time sure. and uh, to go to Israel, that they there's these 360... Hmm tours and there's talking tours, lecture tours, all online. It's not the, quite the same as being there, but yeah. it's it's close that the world may know. It's probably one of my favorite series. Sure. He, he does on-site and to sit at the cave and to hear Jesus say, you know, the church will prevail over the gates of hell and there's the gate of pans oh, okay. um, where they used to sacrifice humans. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Bill and Dan, have you guys been to the Holy Land? I no, I haven't. You haven't? Okay, me neither. I went a long time ago. I was a senior in college. Mm. Okay. So it was oh. a course. Okay. Oh, it was wonderful. Really wonderful to go. And I, I still remember things. One of the things I really took to heart was the Dead Sea. Mm. The Dead Sea is below sea level, and it's very hot. It's 120 degrees there in the summer, and we were there in the summer. It's so hot that I couldn't take my sandals off on the beach. I had to wear them clear into the water, then take them off, leave them close to the water, and, and go back to them the same way, because that, that sand is like being on a frying pan. It's that hot. Okay. I also remember going into the Dead Sea and swimming, and I made the mistake of splashing a drop of water into uh -oh. my eye, and I had hard contact lenses, Ooh. so you really oh. know really feel the pain it, sure. it felt like somebody just put a dagger in my eye and oh. i had to get out of the water and mm. get my contacts out is that just because of the salt content yeah oh, it's salt you, you you just float on top you, of the water there's no such I've thing as that. sinking you don't in the water. swim it's like you you walk into it uh -huh. but, and you just keep walking but you're not touching the ground anymore oh wow okay and oh, it's, if you wild. lean back you're i mean yeah. it's like laying on gel almost yeah no, nobody can drown in the dead sea there's <laughs> The salt and mineral content is just beyond belief. Mm -hmm. And so close to that is En Gedi, and that was mm -hmm. one of my favorite places to sit by the waterfall and just to think of David and Saul and going mm -hmm. through the caves. And I mean, the generations that have been since that time until the time I was sitting there, just almost it was like a fast-forward reel, my whole family. Mm. I mean, it was just... Yeah, it's it, it's evidence, I guess. That's what would you say, as you're putting out these resources, as we're talking about them now, like the myriad ways to study the Bible in more in depth than we ever could before, and you know the shows. And if you were to say to someone who like looked at that breadth of resources and says like this excites me, what's what's like your your hope, like what is your dream for someone who takes that class and takes these resources? Like what do you want a student of this course to, to really walk away uh, with, walk away as? Someone said about the versions of the Bible, what, what's the best version? It's the one you read. So mm -hmm. whatever would work for them, whatever would have them hear their heart and their head, yeah what God's word says, I guess that would be it. And we're all so different. I, I probably couldn't recommend one one thing to someone unless I knew very well what their sure, yeah. what their passions were and yeah. styles of learning. Because, I mean, I've surprised myself with some of the things that I've mm. enjoyed. Yeah. I'm hoping that people will come to love the Bible. I, I think it's an acquired taste. There's something about it that's very rare to meet somebody who just instantly loves the Bible. Hmm. I, I know there's somebody out there like that, but those people are very rare. It takes time. And in my case, it took a long time. It took 60 years of reading and studying and praying through it and just doing all the things you're supposed to do. But it just took a long, long time. And then it finally hit the tipping point. Hmm. And that's what I hope for everybody, that you find that tipping point a lot faster than I did and mm. you just enjoy it and if you enjoy it you keep coming back to it and you keep mm. being with God I mean that's the whole reason to 
be in the word is you're with God. Just be with God. Enjoy mm -hmm. him. Yeah. I think that's why Bible Breakfast Club did a lot for people. And so many, I think mm -hmm. over 75 people really stuck with it yeah. because it, they had to read and, and maybe that was where it was an effort. It's a lot of effort, but they got together to discuss it and mm -hmm. that's when the lights went on and you mm -hmm. could actually yeah. almost see the lights going on mm -hmm. around the room. Yeah. And it's cool. They finished the whole Bible. I remember being in high school and a speaker came to one of our, I went to a Christian high school, so it was a chapel service <laughs> talking about reading the Bible. It's like, well, have you, have you read any books recently? And I had, he said, well, how come a lot of people haven't finished? They've finished other books, but they don't ever finish the Bible. I was like, Oh, that really spoke to me. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like a lot of, we finish a lot of books over the course of our lives, but a lot of people just never read the Bible cover to cover. Mm. And to learn that you can interact with it, that it's not, mm. it's not static. It's, yeah. it's not a textbook. It's a living, it's God's living word. I, I swear I, I get into it every once in a while and I I haven't read it probably a, a a fraction of the amount that Pastor Bill has, but I'll come across something and that wasn't there before. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it was just Beth wasn't ready for it. So mm. I don't want to move on too quick, but do you guys have any final thoughts? Take the class. Oh yeah, <laughs> take the class. <laughs> don't, Beth, don't, Beth has like a bottomless well of resources. Mm. Just yeah, don't don't give up. Discuss it. You know, ask questions. Call Pastor Bill. I mean, it's talk to me. Yeah. You know, if you if you have someone else to discuss it, um, and that doesn't preach at you, that just discusses it, and mm. you know, mm -hmm. can take you to other resources because sure. there's so much extra biblical mm -hmm. out there. I mean, right? Archaeology, like, biblical archaeology is review is is I don't know how many years old, but it's they're digging up something new every every week almost. I, I kept the Facebook account for the Bible Breakfast Club because they're when they dig something up, I'll post it on there to say, here's more mm -hmm. and here's more. Yeah. It, reading the Bible and understanding it is a lifelong process. We're never mm -hmm. gonna get there fully. And mm -hmm. I I think it's important for listeners to know, like me, I I still have questions about the Bible. I'll go to my wife and be like, What do you think about this? <laughs> bring it to someone else and think, what do you what do you think about this that what does this mean for another part of it? I think I've done that with you a few times. Back. I was reading this. What do you think? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's just so deep. It's just multi layered, and mm -hmm. it always be, I always benefit from getting someone else's perspective on something. I've loved so. uh, with Scott reading through the Bible in ninety days. Like how many times we've been talking about things on the show or just in in life, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like that reminds me of this thing that I read." Like three days ago in this, you know, not obscure, but like, you know, this very specific chapter of this specific book, like that's a callback to this. And I can yeah. see that. And, um, man, yeah, seeing the, seeing the Bible as one connected, uh, mm -hmm. whole is not always easy. Mm -hmm. Um, but like so important. The Bible wasn't meant to be read alone. Mm -hmm. Really, it was meant to be read around others. And Paul talks about give yourself to the public reading of the word. So the church is listening to the public reading, and it's not just sitting there quietly. They're interacting with it, mm. interacting with each other. And that's what was so great about the Bible Breakfast Club. You've got people who've read it their whole lives and other people who are in their 70s reading it for the first time and really coming to the table, in some cases, very upset. Mm. Why are all these people getting killed? This book is just so gory. And Well, yeah, let's... Let's have a discussion. Mm. 
just the honesty of the people and the the Bible. Nothing's more honest than the Bible. So mm. yeah. that mm. I, that is exciting. That's what mm. makes the Bible exciting. Yeah. I remember when I was in college reading reading the Bible with those kind of fresh eyes for the first time and just really feeling God's Spirit speaking, and then in reading it, just like a hunger to read it. I just that was so much. When you were talking about that, I was reminded of that experience. Mm. That was just so much fun. I just couldn't put it down. Mm. I remember sitting there, I was supposed to be working on stuff for college, just in like the basement library, just like devouring the Bible. <laughs> Couldn't get enough yeah. of it. And that's how Nikki Gumbel got saved. So that's why I say once in a while there's somebody who they don't have the chore of developing a taste for right. it. Nikki Gumbel is trying to find loopholes in the Bible so he can tell his roommate why he needs to get out of this Christian cult group and get on with his <laughs> life. Mm-hmm. So he begins reading in Matthew, and he reads the whole thing in four days. And along around the book of James, it sounds like, he says this is true, and he turns to Christ for salvation, finishes Mm. off the reading. But I've never had an experience like that where I, oh, yeah, I read the whole thing in four days. No. Took me longer than that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me of Lee Strobel and his story. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was... was blessed to serve with him really? in the hospitality room. It was kind of a evangelism out, outreach, wow. but a place for people to come after service. And yeah. and he was just on fire, I tell you. I Sometimes bet. he was too on fire. It was like Lee. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Ratchet it down. <laughs> that was the story of Josh McDowell, too. Hmm. What, was he an apologist, I think? Yes. Josh McDowell was an apologist. Yes. And then even our own church, Lou Pavoni, same thing, tried to disprove the Bible. Mm. Read it and got saved. <laughs> I, I love those. I think the most important right now in my life, we, we're in the, an international culture now. Yeah. And I'm trying to study what my Muslim neighbors, which I have a lot of them, are uh, think about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I started to read one of the documents about, from the Muslim side, what Christians believe and and it was i thought if i did not know the bible and i read this i would have problems sure i would really start to doubt Mm. Um, but knowing scripture and reading it was a different thing Mm. i think now more than ever we need to know why we believe what we believe and and to get as grounded as we can uh, as god allows time I mean, I'm blessed to be retired, so that makes a big difference. Um, Amen, Beth. I agree with you. Yeah. Listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would-you-rathers, trivia quizzes, and why you believe what you believe to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. For our closing segment this week, it's time for bets. For last week's bet, Mm. we tabulated the worship songs that we've sung the most as a church over the last year. Uh, and you guys took a shot at what you thought they were. Dan guessed Build My Life. Bill guessed At the Cross, Love Ran Red. And Scott guessed the song Enough. My friends, we sang the song Enough by Elias Dummer seven times in the last 12 months, making it our number one song. <laughs> and that means that Scott wins. Uh, unfortunately, I'll, I'll take care of his jelly beans he is not like here to collect his prize, but Beth is in his seat. So, Beth, you get Scott's <laughs> jelly beans. Wow. How I was nice. gonna, I was you are not allowed them. to give them to Dan under any circumstances. Oh. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> He's out uh, getting ready for his sister's wedding, so he does not have his priorities in order. Speaking of which, uh, this week, Scott and Chelsea's younger sister, Grace, is getting married. Uh, I'll be there. Bill, are you going to be there? No. All right, well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, here are your note cards. 
Our bet this week, my friends, will Scott cry at any point during the ceremony or the reception? As a bonus tiebreaker, uh, will Chelsea cry while she is giving her maid of honor speech? Dan? I say Scott will not cry and Chelsea will. Perfect. Beth? Scott will cry and Chelsea won't during her speech. Ooh! I said Scott won't cry and Chelsea won't either. I said Uh, that Scott won't cry and Chelsea won't cry. Wow, we really spread the board there. So if somebody comes along with two yeses, they win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, if you want to get your bets in, you can email them at podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org and we'll mail you some jelly beans. Uh, That is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Beth. Thank, Thank you, Beth. You, uh, Thank you. Beth, if I asked you to take us home, what would you say? Come now, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Good for you. Amen. When this airs, this will air on 9-11. Oh. Um, and uh, this is pretty free form, and it can be as short or as, as long as you guys want. And if you want to just take off in the middle of it, you can. I'm not expecting it to be like 10 minutes. Um, oh, right. But I don't know what kind of time crunch you guys are on. Um, I can stay till 3.30. Okay. Um, but, you know, we were all in different stages of life when 9-11 happened. First of all, then the stages we're in now, but second of all, the stages of each other. Mm. Um, so if you would, um, how does God interact through us with the people of America um, on, a, on a day of remembrance like 9-11? Well, one thing I think of that hasn't really been emphasized enough it was miraculous how few people died in 9-11. Mm-hmm. When you consider that the, those towers probably had up to 50,000 people in them mm-hmm. and less than 3,000 died, that is just truly mm-hmm. miraculous. And then mm-hmm. the Pentagon and uh, people were angry with the guy, like, why could you, why'd you let this happen? And I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is unbelievable that so few died. Mm. Just unbelievable. And then the heroics that went with it, with the firemen and the policemen of New York City, what a great job they did of mm-hmm. responding to it. Really, an just sacrificing event. their own lives if necessary in order yeah. to save others. It, it is really moving to think in those terms as opposed to being angry with God that anything bad happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a native New Yorker, it always 9/11 conjures up emotion for me. Mm. I was in the city, in New York City, maybe a couple weeks before it happened. Saw the twin towers, just mm-hmm. kind of passing by, without really giving it a whole lot of yeah. thought. Um, and that was probably August of 2001. Um, I, I guess something that, that and I, I was thinking maybe this question would be asked, so I was mulling over in my <laughs> mind, just thinking, just reflecting on 9/11, just some things that are going on in my life thinking, you know, probably the best thing I can say here is enjoy the time that you have. Enjoy today mm. with your family. None of us knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. Um, you know, I'm in the process. My mom called me today and I said goodbye to my grandma. I was 93 years old. I was about to die. And so I just another stark reminder. I'm going to go home and hug my wife, hug my daughter, mm-hmm. and enjoy my evening. Mm. 
and because not, we don't know how long we have, and we don't know what's going to happen to us mm. or around us, mm. uh, but to live the best we can for the Lord and, and, yeah. and enjoy the life that we've been given. And that's not a reason Amen. for fear. Right. That's not a reason for right. fatalism. It's not no. a reason for apathy. Like, it's just a reminder that God, life is short. God gave us this moment right now yeah. on purpose yeah. as a gift. It's, it's easy to forget that life is so short. Yeah. To add to that, I'm taking a, a class with the, the Tifka. It's a Jewish... Um, I take free classes. <laughs> it's a, a Jewish, so it's the Jewish view on Deuteronomy, the mm. last speech of Mo- Moses. And, okay. and some of the explanations he's, he's given have been very good. This one, this last class, was on, on idolatry and paganism, that they mm. had a view that you know, it was nature and it was, it was all these forces outside of them, but if they recreated this, this idol that they could, he uses the word magnetize, but that the power of whatever it was comes into the idol and they could mm. hold it and control mm. it. And it gave them some peace and mm. psychologically or whatever. Whereas with God, it's humility because we have no control. Mm. We can pray, but that doesn't mean what we pray will happen. Mm. And, but the humility is accepting what God has for us. And mm. I'm not sure where that fits in, but I, yeah. somehow it does with all that's happened, I think. And it reminds me of, of the fifth episode we did of the show of, you know, does God punish nations? Does God, you know, come down and, mm-hmm. and say, America, you've messed up. I'm going to, you know, hurt you. Um, and really just the fact that God cares about souls and he cares about people mm-hmm. and he died for people. Um, he died for the people that he loves and that all of these countries will be erased when the world is made new. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm not very grateful to live where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that, that, Jesus Christ died for the people who live here mm. um, just as much as he died for the people who attack it. Yes. That is such a, a hard, uh, such a hard dichotomy to hold in your head. And I think that points to God. Um, that points to the fact that he is greater than us. <laughs> um, even, even to take emotion out of it, but to say that, that God weeps for both sides mm. when they're suffering and be like, well, why is God like, why is God weeping for that person who hurts me? Mm. Um, and the answer is because like that person's being pulled by evil further away from God. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it just occurred to me just like last night of just like, you know, we're not designed for suffering and what a mercy it is that like we can still like cry out to God, like we have an avenue it's not like we weren't made for suffering and so it just happens to us and there's nothing we can do. But we have like a, a means by which to, to still connect with God's love mm-hmm. um, and still like lament and still cry out to him. And be angry if we need and to. And be angry. Amen. My Bible reading today was Jeremiah 48, 49, 50. And it's God's judgment on the nation. <laughs> so Moab, this is what's going to happen to you. And there's a mm-hmm. whole chapter. And Edom, this is what's going to happen to you. And Elam, this is what's going to happen to you. And Philistia, this is what's going to happen to you. And he's really dishing it out because they were the enemies of Israel and making their lives miserable, but they were doing it. They, they were just sinfully 
trying to take advantage of Israel. Mm-hmm. And, and Israel's crying out to God, why are you letting these people beat us down so badly? And, and his answer is, I'm, I'm coming after them too. Mm-hmm. I'm reading in the beginning, middle Isaiah, same thing today, I was reading about the uh, judgment on Babylon and Damascus and all these places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have one really good memory. And no one else seemed to remember this. So you would have been children. Beth would have been adult. I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first grade. This, this is my memory. On the Friday after 9-11, at 7 o'clock, the whole country was, well, 7 o'clock central time anyway, the whole country was going to be quiet. Pause for a moment of silence. Yeah. Wanted to pray, pray. So Nancy and I were at, Famous Dave's Barbecue Restaurant with Jim and Jane Birch having dinner. And the waitress came along and said, now, in a few moments, it's going to be 7 o'clock, and we're asking everybody to be still and be quiet as a time of reflection. I said, okay. And a famous Dave's Restaurant is a noisy restaurant. It just got like a tomb. It was so quiet for those two or three minutes. Mm. It was very moving, and to think that was going on all around the country. 